0: Good evening. It is Sam Oftedal with the Four Outdoorsmen. I'm in Studio A with I think my, This is B. I'm in Studio it's B. Neither
1: of those anymore. Now it's the homegrown studio. Oh, it, how do you get naming what rights, branded? Yeah, look at all the pictures on the Why wall. Why isn't it the but Four Outdoorsmen but studio? It is. We're gonna have. We're, I, I need to get some signage for you. I think Emily, our promotions director, is gonna make something too. But because we got some space for you guys on the wall, up in as the well. upper corner by the vents. And gonna, when to he, tuck he says it away
0: for sure. When he says space, there's. 380 square feet of homegrown <laughs> and we're going to have 20 square feet so it, I, we are currently in the homegrown dba the four outdoorsmen studio there
1: you go i like it that works
0: i'm good i'm with my uh my good buddy mark lukey and we have a special guest uh hanging out with us tonight mr dale eggert how you doing my
2: man
3: good sam good to see you good mark, mark. how you doing i'm doing great man
2: the gophers won they're in the frozen four my uh my bracket is toast, but I've been making some personal bets at home with the family that I'm doing really well on. So, yeah, exactly. uh, it's a great sports day. It's been a lazy, yeah, lazy weekend. It's the weird off season, right? You right. know, it's like uh, I had a friend. My friend Eric went fishing yesterday. But uh, you know what? I'm I'm not even I don't want to bring this stuff out anymore. I'm done. I'm waiting for open water. Yeah.
0: And speaking of feeling great, you know who's looking great tonight?
1: Uh, it's it's our engineering crew over there. Our board op.
0: Just joking, Brandon.
1: (laughs) I'll take both. After uh, hearing the argument uh, last week about being a board op is cool, so I'm with it. That is board op all you want.
0: Brandon Backstrom is uh, wearing a a Canadian tuxedo, yeah, 1994 vintage jean jacket, and you look good. (laughs) Thank you, sir.
2: And Aaron's got the bad cowboy vest on from like an old Western. It's like you guys are. Ready to rock. Are you doing a concert after this
1: or what? Yeah.
0: We just got to keep it looking fresh, you know? You're a I fiddle like it. player away from a country band. <laughs> That's
1: right. We'll, <laughs> and you, we'll get uh, Nick, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nick's Wild Ride. He's oh, a fiddle yeah. player. Nick Coffin. Right? Yeah. yeah. Nick Coffin. He's I'll the best
2: fiddle player around. Let's yeah, get him on the good. horn. Get him on.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of what you are talking about, sports, it, it, we were talking about this. Uh, a little bit before it's a great time right now to be a minnesota sports fan i know this is outdoors, but man we've been all the teams been making a lot of move timberwolves that's right i said the timberwolves they still are a minnesota team are like in the sixth or seventh seed in the west so don't worry they'll choke yes they will we'll
2: get really excited and they will all choke the wild will lose in the first round timberwolves <laughs> will lose in the first round
0: you're from Wisconsin, but you sound like a Minnesotan over I'm a, there.
2: I'm a Minnesota sports fan, except for uh, the, my Packers. But Gosh, I, I, I love, love the I love the Twins. I love uh, the Gophers, because I went to school there. And uh, everything else, except for the Vikings. I don't hate the Vikings. My whole family loves the Vikings, obviously, that I raised in Minnesota. But um, I'm a holdout.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, definitely a, a diehard. I, I hate the Packers. Oh, of course you do, because um, they always win. But I love you. Uh-huh. Um but uh, yeah, the Packers are—they uh, deserve Devonte Adams leaving. <coughs> Rogers in his two hundred million dollar contract—he's gonna have no one to throw to. But I digress. Do you want to bet on who finishes the division higher? Yeah, I'll put a—I'll put dinner on it. Okay, okay. So, Ooh. I'll t- <laughs> wait, you want to do a hundo?
2: <laughs> yeah, let's do a hundo. All
0: right, I'll take the Lions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. I'll take the Vikes. All right. Dale, you're our witness. (laughs) Do you know how much money
2: I've won over the years with my Vikings fans on that exact bet? You know a how lot.
0: Many, you know how many times a Vikings fan will never take turn down a bet with a Packers That's fan. That's true. That's true. It's in go. us. So speaking of good times, Dale brought in this summer sausage that Mark and I got to partake in. I selfishly claimed the whole Tupperware. Yeah, uh, Are you gonna
2: a- mail that back to him or what? That's uh, good Tupperware. I. I That's will. not the disposable kind. That's real legit. This
0: Tupperware. is like when someone gives you salsa. They say, "Hey, enjoy it." Can I get the jar back? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna man, but this is. Out of New Germany, Minnesota, Schrader's, Dale brought in some duck summer sausage. It's phenomenal.
2: Yeah, I really it's liked great. it. You so, know what makes it good is it doesn't taste like duck. It doesn't. It, t- <laughs> it tastes like
0: really good, smoky uh, summer sausage. So that let's let's jump right in it with Dale. You want to do shout-outs first?
2: No, let's do shout-outs later. Okay. Um, again, Dale, thanks for coming in. We've known you for a long time. You've been doing Are the you- show for a long time. And uh, we've been down to the Sporting Collectibles show a bunch of times. It's a great, great time. So we wanted to get you in to, and, and fill our listeners in a little on your background in the show. And um, yeah, you're, you're a good man. I, you helped me with a uh, wood duck house that I built wrong last year. But um, <laughs> we can talk more about wood ducks later and setting up Sam's place. But uh, Dale, why don't you introduce yourself and why don't you give a little background history on uh, the Minnesota Sporting Goods Collectibles show? Did I say that right? Sporting Goods Collectible Show?
3: Well, I'll correct that. Okay, comment. thank you. Sorry. <laughs> so, Dale Eggert, um, I'm the manager of the Minnesota Sporting Collectible Show at Medina. That's what I said. You no, know, you did. Oh, you said, at Medina? <laughs> yeah. That's and, what I missed. And next Sunday is our 24th annual show. Now, mm-hmm. we've missed three years because of everything that's going on in the right. world over the last few years. But. Um, This show started out in uh, American Legion in Stillwater 24, 27 years ago, actually, and um, it's grown to next weekend, we're going to have 200 tables of hunting, fishing, outdoor collectibles. Um, There's about 130 sellers coming from 10 different states, Um, we expect to have... Six to seven hundred people or more at the ballroom uh, from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. next Sunday. Uh, so a week from today, from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's a quick hitter. Um, weather sounds like it's going to be perfect to come inside because it's going to rain and snow this week and you yeah. can't do outdoor yard work and all right. that kind of good stuff. So, but uh, yeah, so we've got guys coming with. Uh, Fishing lures, fishing, collectible fishing reels, uh, collectible bamboo fly rods, um, duck decoys, uh, ice fishing decoys, uh, shotgun shell boxes, shotgun shell shipping crates. I got one new dealer coming with uh, all kinds of historical traps. Oh, and, cool. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of people that come with cabin decor, so... All the stuff I talked about can be decor, but there's canoe paddles and, you know, pack baskets and that, all that kind of stuff. And um, I got involved with this. I've been collecting for 25, 28 years, and the Wally Wegleitner and Tim Spreck, who used to manage it, um, and you've had Wally on Mm -hmm. the show about six, seven years ago, they decided they wanted to retire and Live in Florida in the wintertime. <laughs> yeah, get so, for them. So they approached me, and I've taken it over. My first show was supposed to be 2020, running the whole thing, and we know what happened in 2020. Right. And so I'm a little crazy this week. Uh, everybody's calling. I sold the show out last week, and I've got uh, 13 names on a will-call list if anybody cancels or I can wow. find any more sh- uh, tables. Um, and. My phone was blowing up today with questions of people looking for certain things, if it would be there or not. Um, the new hot collectible must be gun oil cans because I've had six inquiries in the last four days. And I've collected them for 30 years, but I don't know why everybody else is looking for them. <laughs> so, Dale, is it's it? buyer's market. That's yeah. good for you. Bring them. <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, so this show, this is something where... Someone can come down to purchase collectibles, but they couldn't like bring their own collectibles and like have it appraised or anything, could they?
3: We do do free appraisals. Uh, If you bring something in, uh, myself or some of the other folks that I have uh, helping me will direct you to a number of different places to, you know, give get you an appraisal on it. Okay. Um, That stuff. If you bring something, there probably will be people there that would make an offer on it too okay. um, that type of thing but uh keep in mind you know with the number of people that are going to be there it's going to be crowded right at nine o'clock mm-hmm. um, one thing i will say i don't want you not to come but if you don't want to be packed in like sardines for the first 45 minutes come at 10 o'clock or 10 15 right there's always a door rush um you guys saw that the other yeah. week with the sports show and the Deer Classic and Pheasant mm-hmm. Fest, they all rushed the door when they first opened. So, yep. uh, um, You said it's at Medina? At is the it? Medina Entertainment yep. Center. Is that your
2: first time ever at that, at that venue?
3: No, nope, we've been at that venue. Uh, I think this is the 10th time we've been at that oh, geez. venue. So, um, you guys, you and Strew came in 2018 to that uh, yep. the last time we were there. So, um, And we missed 2019, and not because of... Crazy world we lived in, but there was something called the Final Four basketball finals in Minneapolis, and oh, we yeah. couldn't <laughs> get the venue. The NCAA paid a lot more money than we were willing to pay to to rent the venue. So, <laughs> so Dale, I have a
0: fiftieth anniversary Ducks Unlimited twenty-five round 10 that all the the holes are all brass all the way up, and they say like DU fifty on top of the wad. It's mint condition. What do you think it's worth,
3: Sam? I can't give you a, give you a, an estimate on it because I don't collect that stuff. Okay. <laughs> One million dollars, <laughs> but just just off the top of my head, probably forty to fifty dollars. Okay, and the only reason I say that is DU. There's a certain segment of DU collectors, but even though it's a fiftieth anniversary thing, it. Uh, I'm not sure if it's old enough to. Yeah, because is celebrating what? eighty five or ninety years I think yeah, this year. I so. think the it was
0: uh yeah, it was nineteen eighty seven when it was in the fiftieth. Okay.
3: So. If you bring that next week, Sam, I can direct you to three Ducks Unlimited collectors and we can get you get it appraised for it.
0: It's uh, <laughs> a Remington ammunition I should have. I wouldn't sell it. My <laughs> wife's grandpa gave it to me, but I just wanted to kind of <laughs> oh. see what it's worth.
3: And that's are <laughs> so your f- tire kicker. <laughs>
0: I am a tire kicker. <laughs>
3: So that's what's fun about the whole thing. And uh, the collectibles, people that are out there, um, we all have our niche. Um, I'm more into decoys and calls than other things. But I've got a couple guys from Iowa that I know, they only collect uh, uh, Lazy Ike fishing lures because they grew up in the town that Lazy Ike yeah. is made in. Um, that's their deal. Um, you know, uh There's a couple people here that only collect Minnesota fishing lures that were manufactured in the state of Minnesota. Um, So you know, everybody's got their niche, and there's anything and everything you could pretty much think of at the show.
2: I've told you, I've, uh, uh, I've gone to hundreds and hundreds of sports shows over the years, and I think your show is the only one where I actually bought stuff to hang up. I bought this really awesome ducks of minnesota sign because i refinished the basement a few years ago and i wanted to make it a man cave it turned into a toy storage
0: yeah, area toy <laughs> cave.
2: but the intention was to make it an outdoors themed man cave and yeah. man i got some little wooden decoys and i got um some great signs there's if you if you want to make like a, a really cool office or something like that and you want antique authentic um outdoor collectibles man this is the show to be at
0: Really quick, funny story about that ammo. Mm -hmm. So, Kirsten's grandpa uh, passed away. You're really selling this thing. No, I'm I'm not selling it. (laughs) Uh, Passed away. um, And he, when he was alive, he was kind of like just a hard-nosed guy, you know, like old Mm -hmm. school, like didn't really beat around the bush much. Well, you know my brother-in-law, Matt. he's My brother-in-law, Matt, just like super nice guy, just, you know, goes with the flow. Goofball. Yeah, her grandpa knew that I was a gun guy, right? And he, he was a gun guy. And so we're sitting there, and it was like, you know, Grandpa Richard would would rarely, like, you know, extend, like, a a gift or anything. and right. So he found out, and he would always ask me questions, and he was quizzing me, and I would know him, you know, and we'd talk guns forever. And he went into his room, and he came out, and he gave me this thing, the Remington 50th Anniversary Ducks Unlimited. And I was, like, blown away, you know. And so is my mother-in-law and my wife, Kirsten, were blown away. And then he looks over at Matt, and he's like, Matt you like guns and Matt's like oh not really but I'm into gardening and stuff. <laughs> and like trying to like cuz D- Richard had like he did crops and stuff too. Yeah. So he went outside and he gave Matt a rock and said here put this in your garden. <laughs> <laughs> I got this collectible and Matt got a rock. <laughs> that's my uh, story. Rest that's in fantastic. peace. Yeah. But Ooh. uh yeah so that's cool. I'm, I I uh, if I have uh you said it's nine to two nine to two yeah i should why such
2: a short burst just because uh everyone's got a lot going on and you just want to make it i'm not dogging your hours
0: but (laughs) no you are though
3: yeah (laughs) we it's always been just a one day show and and a short window and we in 2016 we moved from a saturday to a sunday Uh partly because of Medina's—they can make a whole lot more money on a concert on Saturday right, right, than right. We, they can yeah. from us. So, yeah. they don't have as much going on on Sunday. Well, getting done at two o'clock, all these guys from those nine other states other than Minnesota got to drive home. Yeah, for that makes
2: a lot of sense. Two,
3: four, or six hours. I got I got guys coming from Kansas City. Right. I got two guys coming from uh, y'all you know, central North uh, North Dakota and South Dakota. So,
0: is there not a lot of shows like this around the nation, or?
3: You know, there there are collectible shows, but they're, they're specific, either duck decoy shows or ice fishing decoy shows or fishing lure collectible shows. But ours is general sporting collectibles, so it's got everything. And um, we don't, you know, shows are learning to include those other things, but those shows are very specific to those types of things, so this is... You know, kind of a, a hybrid with all of the different things available.
0: That's cool. So, one more time, it's at the Medina Country Club.
3: Medina Entertainment Center.
0: Medina Entertainment Center from 9 to 2 next Sunday, which is April 3rd. 3rd. Okay. So. Well, we only
2: have a couple minutes. Should we do a call in for tickets? Yeah. Let's you ready do that.
0: over there, engineer crew? So, how many tickets are we giving away? Two pairs. Two pairs Two of pairs. tickets. So, what we'll do is we'll take. Probably, what should we do? It's on the it's on the April fourth, <laughs> April third, April third. <laughs> so let's should we take the third caller? Let's take the
2: third caller for what is it? Two pairs of tickets. Well, we're doing
0: two pairs. So let's take the third and the fourth caller. The Third
2: and fourth caller, uh, tickets to next week's um, sporting goods collectible show at Medina. Did I get that name right again? Yes, you did. All right.
0: <laughs> so call in. You you have the number. What's the number, Aaron? Seven six three four five
2: zero. 0100.
0: 763 0, 0, 0100. So the third and fourth caller, caller are each going to get a pair of tickets to next week's show. Um, while they're doing that, you want to do some uh, quick shout outs. And then Dale is going to hang out with us the rest of the show. We're going to talk wood ducks uh, later. Um, but let's do some shout outs before we go to the break. And then when we get back from break, we're going to have Mr. Michael Waddell on from the Bone Collector. So. All right. Mark, take it away.
2: Uh one second here.
0: So <laughs> I'm trying to get to
2: um I'm trying to get to the shout out page.
0: Okay. Again 763-450-0100. <laughs> 0, 0, right the third and the fourth caller, we're going to each get a pair of tickets.
2: Looks like we already have tickets, so thank you, everyone, for calling in. Uh, we'll get your address. We're going to have to send it to you. We have a couple shout-outs here. Real quick, um, Brandon G. says, listening on my device from home tra- training for the North Shore Scenic Railroad in Duluth. Um, Jesse Koskanimi says, I just got back from a home long weekend at the Open Season Sportsman Expo in Wisconsin. Dells was a great time with the Bear Sense crew and making new friends and connections. I'm I am already feel I'm going through withdrawals from not talking about bears. Steve Rennenberg from Arrowhead Outdoors says, Waiting for spring and the late ice crappies to bite, uh, starting here in Ely area. Kirk Rudolph Jr. says, Was at the state archery tournament in Duluth all weekend. Great time. Team did well this year. Thanks, everyone, for writing in. I'll check in again at the end of the show if any more shout-outs are on. But, who do we have next we have a big guest on next
0: yeah we have a good friend of ours uh bo- from the bone collector um he is the bone collector uh mr michael waddell he's gonna talk turkeys uh we'll probably like i said get a little glimpse of the fall what it's got going on and maybe a wrap up from uh last year but dale is gonna hang out with us we'll talk uh, wood ducks later uh, appreciate all the info so far dale but yeah we'll be uh right back to listen from mr michael waddell all right stay tuned time to check on the jerky these smokers aren't going to tend themselves you're listening to the four outdoorsmen on bob outdoors we all know there are a lot of hard water fans out there and you'd ice fish every day if you could sam here i prefer sunshine 70 degrees sight fishing for panfish or trolling for walleyes and if you're like me it's not too early to plan your trip for the opener to devil's lake north dakota Wait a second, there's no opener on Devils. Walleye season is open 12 months a year, 24 hours a day. You can keep five a day, 10 in possession, and there's no slot
1: limit. Devils Lake, a fisherman's paradise. Check out ND.com. Spring is right around the corner, and you just remembered your trailer needs to be serviced before the season starts. Crystal Welding has you covered. Crystal Welding in Maple Grove offers a wide variety of services, including welding, maintenance, and repairs for all types of trailers. Crystal Welding is your one-stop shop for all your trailer needs. Go to crystalwelding.com for more information. Crystal Welding. Solutions. Service. Results.
2: Power Lodge and only Power Lodge has teamed up with Financial One for an incredible winter marine sales event. Pick out a qualifying boat or pontoon and there's no payments and free storage until April 2022. Let's get this straight. Pick out a boat now, no payments and free storage until April 2022. Make next summer incredible for you and your family. Go to Power Lodge right now in Ramsey, Brainerd or Onamia online at PowerLodge.com.
4: You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with progressive, but when we just come out and
1: say it, it feels like it falls a bit flat. So we're going to use humor. But we don't want to insult your intelligence, so nothing too goofy. And we need to
0: avoid any polarizing topics. Oh, and it has to be about how you can save big when you
1: bundle your home and auto with progressive. You know what? Maybe humor is a bad idea. Yeah, it's never going to work. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states
4: or situations.
5: At Panera, you can say yes to both of your cravings. We call it You Pick Two. And with over 465 pairings, you'll find a meal sure to satisfy any mood. Are you feeling both fresh and fun? Pick our Fuji apple salad with a new Thai chicken soup. Or maybe you're feeling classic and bold. Pair some creamy mac and cheese with our new citrus Asian crunch salad. Pick your perfect pair and order a U-Pick 2 today. Panera, the familiar made fantastic.
1: Hey, it's Jim Erickson, and join me for the All Request Lunch Hour this upcoming Wednesday and every other Wednesday at the Buffalo American Legion, post number 270, noon to 1. Request a song, have lunch, have fun. The Bob FM All Request Lunch Hour, live at the Buffalo Legion this Wednesday. Total Country Bob FM.
0: And we are back. We always love to take time to thank our sponsors. Uh, If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to be here. Um, Again, Dale Egert's going to spend the rest of the hour with us, but uh, we're going to turn our focus here to a little uh, turkey action, and what better to have one of the Mount Rushmore's of turkey calling, Mr. Michael Waddell. You there, Michael?
5: Gentlemen, gentlemen, (laughs) what's up, man?
0: How are you doing, my man?
5: I'm doing good, but uh, I'm, I'm uh, excited to talk to y'all, but I, I wish I could pass some knowledge on right now about the Georgia youth season, but whatever I did know about turkeys, the turkeys proved I did not know as much as I thought I did. <laughs> I, I look like Evil Knievel when he tried to jump all them tractor trailers for the first time. I come up about one short and did, did a nosedive over the handlebar, so I've been worked up pretty good.
0: well that's part of hunting right they uh they don't always cooperate and it's uh it's uh part of life but uh yeah we uh we're excited man our minnesota season starts april 13th so here in a couple weeks i know last week you were down in florida did you guys have some uh, success uh turkey hunt down there
5: now there now there i felt like the turkey whisperer man we were down and just had an amazing trip like we we were only there for a day and a half, literally, and um, we had quite a few people down, and uh, it was phenomenal. We were hunting on Troy Link's place of Jack Link Beach Jerky. He had a pretty substantial acre uh, of, land, acres of land just just south of Daytona Beach, and, and, man, it was a lot of turkeys in there, and we had a lot of success. It was good.
0: Did, did anyone uh, shoot a bigger turkey than I did last year?
5: You know what's funny, Sam? yes and i would never Ugh. thought that would be matter of fact your name was brought up clint boyer you know the fox commentator and nascar driver he shot a turkey with inch and seven eight spurs which was about equal to the one you killed and cohen stone our producer was with us and i said that's the biggest turkey i've ever seen clint i said the only one i saw as big of that and he would have beat you on weight was a sam off buddy of mine he killed one up in in uh, missouri and uh So I can't believe it. It's crazy that I'm talking to you now, but yeah, I I, I saw your turkey and this turkey was the two biggest turkeys I've ever seen dead, man, monsters.
0: Well, most people listen to the radio or watch TV to fall asleep, but every night I put on that episode of Me and You on Bone Collector, and that's what I fall asleep to because I'll never, (laughs) I can't relive that enough.
5: That was was a great episode, though, man. It was. You did a phenomenal job of of trying to be the southern, you know, host, (laughs) and you. Kind of imitating me, and you kept saying them jokers coming up the bottom, and, Through the and jokers over, here, jokers over. It was awesome.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna
2: have to cut out the part where Michael Adele says that Sam all shot one of the biggest turkeys ever. Maybe we can just print it out and just yeah. have it in studio. Oh yeah, I
0: mean, I pretty much <laughs> declare it every day to my wife that I did that. So
5: <laughs> uh, I, I got to make a certificate. I need to make a certificate. Biggest turkey ever on television.
0: Did you guys film the uh, while you're down in Florida? Obviously, Cohen was there, so you were, right?
5: Yeah, we were videoing. We were videoing. So uh, so we got right there. I mean, I, I hate to do it. I have to measure them up. But I might have to say, you know, even to the biggest turkey ever shot. But, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> but, uh, but you're still you're still on. Like, if you go to t- turkeycaller.com, Sam, you're still up there, top. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. High.
0: I'm future Hall of Famer, one turkey, Sam Oftedal. <laughs> <laughs> well,
5: it was a good I mean, one. Yeah, you made it count. I mean, you went, when I met you, you were you – passing out turkey starter kits. I mean, now you're like 202. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
0: So what do you got? I know that you are a traveling man for turkey season. I feel like everyone and their brother wants to get you to their property to turkey hunt. So where uh, where are you going to go this spring, and what ones are you looking forward to? I'm sure you're looking forward to all of them, but where are you going this year?
5: Um, you're right. Most, most all of it, but I'm leaving actually tomorrow. About when the kids get out of school, I'm going to, you know, kind of hug them up and leave out. I'm heading over to Alabama, which isn't that far, just an hour and a half, two hours. And I'm going to hunt a couple of days over there. Then we got a, a hunt that's also in Alabama where we did a – I do a lot of fundraisers and stuff like that where, you know, I donate my time to take people turkey hunting, and we're raising some money for Montevallo University for the Outdoor Scholarship Program. And um, I'm, we're taking some people hunting for two or three days over in Alabama, and then I come back home to Georgia, and then next weekend is our opening day, and even though I did get the chance to take my kids or two of my boys this past Saturday and Sunday, um, next weekend I hunt with my dad, and I did hunt with my dad this weekend, but I've not missed, since I've been 14, I've not missed an opening day of turkey season with my dad, so that's been really special. So I'll be back for the Georgia opener April, I think it's 3rd, that Saturday, 2nd or 3rd, I just look at the calendar.
0: That's awesome. I love that, uh, you know, every, when you think of turkey hunting in this industry, you know, everyone thinks of Michael Waddell, but you still take the time to go back home where it all started. That's what I love about you guys, man. It's 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 family first, and that's awesome. And I'm sure that your dad appreciates that, and I'm sure your kids appreciate it too. So kudos to you, man.
5: Yeah, Thank you. It, it is. It's, it's tradition, and I don't know. It's just good to be back home. It reminds you of why you – you're doing it. It reminds you of how you got started and that passion. And, and now, you know, my dad and I very rarely even take, take a gun. It's usually one of my kids or, or one of my nephews. And so it's just a lot of fun, man. And, and uh, we know the property that we hunt. We've, we've, we've leased this property ever since I was really young. And we know it good. And so when turkeys gobble, we kind of know what they're doing a lot of times. So we usually have a pretty good high chance of success. But like this weekend, we got whoop bad man. They just they just didn't say much and it was tough. But um, but I can tell you right now, when the turkeys ain't gobbling, my dad's wife, old Salsa, her bis- biscuits are always gobbling, double gobbling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I that's what's uh you know interesting about like turkey hunting. You know, obviously we we play off the gobble and stuff, but it's, it's crazy how like you said this when we were hunting is you've been in the times where it's just been dead. You've literally been having a conversation with, you know, the guys you're hunting with, and all of a sudden you just hear a distant gobble and just fires right back up. So it's it's you never give up, right? It's it's uh, I believe your term is you you treat turkeys as ISIS that are coming after your family, and you're <laughs> going to do everything you can to get them.
5: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. I, I made that comment, and some people it offends, but for me, I need a higher motivation. Like I, I need. The one thing I've never been motivated to do is in putting down a Swiss cake roll or a honey bun to lose weight, but I do get motivated when I think about elk and turkey season getting in a little shape just because I want to be able to get out there and get at it. But even though I love turkeys, obviously, so in reality you can't compare ISIS to turkey, but in my mind I do pretend, I do play this little game in my mind um, that they're, they're terrorists, and I've got to get them before they get my family and it does help, believe it or not, as goofy as that is, the motivation and the psychology in your own mind, it will change the game, because I think everybody usually goes about it, and what we should be doing, and we do, is, you know, watching the squirrel and the sunrise and stuff like that, and, and I do that, but man, when that turkey gobbles, and you hunted with me, Sam, it's, it's go time. It's Tom wow. Brady, it's, you know, it's third and two, and... By God, we got to get two yards, and we're gonna get it. I turned completely into this turkey Nazi. I mean, no doubt if my <laughs> wife calls me.
0: Yeah, it's funny because, like you said, in when the turkey doesn't cooperate, and you you hit it again, and it gobbles, and you're like, it's personal now. Like we're going. Like <laughs> yeah. it's, this is a it, he went to another level, but that's awesome. So, like I said, another uh, thing, go ahead.
5: Nothing, Sam. I do look at turkey hunting just like I would look at fishing. Like I was just watching the uh red red Hold on, my wife's cooking some cheeseburgers guys so <laughs> yes i would love for you to fix me a plate beautiful lady <laughs> <laughs>
0: we asked chrissy if she can make me one live
5: on air <laughs> what, what it, well, live on air why has got got his wife coming and said would you like me to fix me a plate and even though that sounds like not a very smart question because you can look at me and know that i've never said <laughs> no to <laughs> anyone to fix me a plate Unless that's my wife but but um but I, I look at it like I was literally all day today, and I went up to Oklahoma and I went to the Red Crest event. I look at turkey and I'm like fishing. And those guys were fishing all day, all day, casting, and casting, and casting, giving up. So they just didn't fish at 10 o'clock and go home. They kept fishing. And at the very end, Bobby Lane caught a two-pound fish to win that tournament. He went from eighth place to first. And, 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 and granted, everybody was fishing just as hard, but just never know. And turkey's the same way. You can keep making that same lap and, and just keep pecking and keep on and, and being relentless, but being cautious too. So knowing when to be patient and aggressive, and, and I'm convinced that sometimes turkey hunting we give up too quick.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I Have you been paying a little bit more closer attention to uh, fishing since your boy is now kind of involved? Um, is he a professional yet?
5: No, he fishes at the collegiate level. Matter of fact, they're at they're up there now fishing the MLF Red Crest event for college. They qualify for that, so they're up in Oklahoma doing that right now. And and I would say yes. I mean, I'd always fish, but mostly farm ponds and stuff like that. And and I fish like you know what kind of fish? I mean, fish from catfish, bluegill, crappie to you know largemouth. I mean, I, I just like to go fishing every once in a while mainly have me a cold beverage and just sit around relax and fish from the bank every once in a while, John boat. So I never fished professionally, but now, you know, I look back on all these sports shows and all these fishing pros that I had a chance to be around. I'd always known them and respected them, but now I have a whole nother respect because I really understand how hard their motor burns and what they have to do to accomplish what they accomplish. I mean, these guys are animals and anybody listening that fishes, you know, professionally are and are they fish just for fun in local tournaments. It's a whole nother level of, of of fishing that's just amazing, the talent, and just how resilient these guys are. So there's a lot of respect for the fishing oh, uh, yeah. people that compete. Just a good fisherman. I mean, there's this fisherman that is just amazing. They can catch stuff. They can catch 10-pound bass in a mud hole. I mean, they just seem to be that good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, real quick, Michael, i got to translate for our listeners. He said crappy, folks. He meant crappie, um, so everyone's confused, <laughs> right. thinking, what the, he's, did he say crappy? There's it's no a swearing co- on this show, Michael. Yeah, Michael, it's crappie. Okay? <laughs>
2: yeah.
5: so what do y'all call a bluegill? What do y'all call a bluegill? A What's bluegill.
2: That? We call them bluegills. A bluegill or but just it, a sunfish.
5: Any kind of brim? Do y'all call them brim or is it a sunfish?
2: No, or? not brim. Panfish or, or bluegill or crappie. Yeah. No, no
5: Brill or whatever that is, or crappy. Or you crappy. know what's funny is in down in Louisiana, I, they call it. They call what I call a crappy, you call a crappie, they call them stockalot.
0: Weird. Yeah, that's okay. crazy.
3: Yeah,
5: exactly. Yeah.
0: So yeah, real quick, we got about three or four more minutes, Michael. Could, so, like I said, our season for turkeys opening up in uh, a few weeks. Here, uh, Mark and I are on our fourth or fourth year, third fourth year of trying to get a turkey on our own. Uh, Nick Munt was on last week and gave us a, a tip on what he does for setting up. Um, any words of encouragement for the listeners getting ready for the season for turkey? Um, any tips uh, or tricks or what do you got on your mind for that?
5: My, my biggest tip, and this is hard to analyze and give you a, a direct answer, but be patiently aggressive. I think, I think sometimes people think too hard on turkeys and they think they hit the ground, and and mostly, especially up in y'all's neck of the woods there in Minnesota and the northern states, these turkeys just don't hit the ground and just take off. So a lot of times they're gobbling on the roof. You set up and you think, well, they're gone. They're over in the next county. We missed them, and you feel like they was walking toward Georgia. Well, they really didn't go but a couple hundred yards. They got hens with them. So a lot of times you can go back and revert back to the woodsmanship uh, thought process of knowing the property, knowing where these turkeys like to travel, where they might be food, and you can get in front of them and put yourself in good position. And your odds are really good of still getting in range and getting an opportunity to see the flock. And there's a lot of different ways to manipulate a turkey, whether it's with a decoy, whether it's with a call. But I would say your woodsmanship ability and knowing that piece of property is your number one number one strength you'll have to putting a turkey down. And so know when to be patient and aggressive, meaning when you know that they're V-line and they're going somewhere and you know it's that corner of a field – that's where you got to get up, and if you have to sprint, I mean, you, you get around off because you know that's where they're going. Don't just keep him hauling around and thinking that they're coming your way. If you got that instinct that they're going a certain direction, you get there because a lot of times, if you know the property, you might have an instinct. And also, listen for subtle things. If the turkeys quit gobbling, but you hear these noises like this, and I'm just doing natural voice, so it's not that good. Just go, 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 You'll think it's a hen. Well, it might be a Jake down there, calking at this gobbler that you ain't heard gobble in a long time. And so that telltale, that calking of a Jake will let you know that every time that gobbler struts, every time that gobbler struts, that Jake is calking to let you know he's still right there. So that's a telltale sign. So if you can pick up on things like that, know the woods, circle around, use your call, be passively aggressive, I promise you, you'll, you'll, you'll knock a knot on their head.
0: Well, I hope everyone was taking notes like we were. Uh, um, you heard it there. So real quick, like I said, we got a couple 2 3 weeks here. What are some tips that people probably don't think of like on how to scout and scout properly, what to look for when you're scouting um, to where to hunt?
5: The biggest thing is obviously I think everybody knows, you know, turkey tracks and strut marks and things like that. But also be looking looking for areas like up there if you got an area where there's beans in the field and maybe they've picked them and maybe they're getting in winter wheat. And there's, there's leftover beans on the ground and things like that, old cornfields. Um, you know, obviously, these turkeys this time of year, especially in y'all's neck of the woods, I mean, food is very important because it's still really cold a lot of times when that season comes in. So food is important. And obviously, like anything else, these turkeys are going to be around the food. These hens are. Well, guess what's going to be looking for the hens? The gobblers. And so when you're looking at these type situations, I would say food is very crucial, understanding where they're going to be. And, uh, and so when you're scouting, you're definitely looking for, obviously, if it's in the snow, you're going to be able to see turkey sign. And so these turkeys ain't wandering and going a long way, especially up there. If they find a good food source, they're going to stick to it and stick around it. You know, if it's cattle pastures, if it's, you know, if they're flipping over cow patties or around cattle uh, a lot of times where they feed cattle, around the hay where where the manure is, that, leftover crops, things like that. So very similar to deer. And outside of just the aggressive of, of being able to uh, you know, kind of whisper in their ears, Eddie Salter would say, you know, the calling goes hand in hand, but before you can call in a turkey, you got to find them and understand where they want to go because I do believe that most of the turkeys, the hens and the go- gobblers, have predetermined where they really want to be when they fly down. And typically they make a loop. They might make a clockwise or counterclockwise circle into an area. And depending on the situation, the time of year, habitat, Based on if they've been bred or if they're looking to be bred, they will start drifting to different areas. But early season, you've got to find the food, especially in your naked woods, where those hens want to be, where they can feed. Those gobblers, are just like the bucks, are not as interested in doing a lot of feeding because they're, they're wanting to breed. So uh, I'd say up there, find out where these turkeys want to go. Concentrate on finding and scouting where these turkeys are feeding, especially these hens and big flocks.
0: Man, that was uh, brilliantly said. I, uh, I appreciate it. So we're going to let you go here, Mike. i got one last question. Did Christy grill those cheeseburgers on a Bone Collector Edition Hooray Grill?
5: You know she did. I had to get that charcoal going for her. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to cook it up. My buddy Eric be happy. And what was funny is I had these cheeseburgers all weekend. She went up to see her parents, and I procrastinated, and I have literally about starved my kids out. We've eaten frozen <laughs> pizzas, white cats from the dollar store, you know, in the microwave. And so, uh, listen, one way when, one way to make sure the kids are happy when Mama gets home is to starve them out because they love to see Mama coming. Boy, they was hugging <laughs> and stuff down. Yeah, I was too. So she went right on. I got a charcoal. She was grilling. So we was happy to see her get back home.
0: Well, cool. Well, Michael, I appreciate you taking the time out of your night. Uh, good luck this weekend um, in Alabama, or this week, I should say. We appreciate you coming on, and uh, make sure everyone follows the Bone Collector, and check out those new Hooray Grills, uh, the Bone Collector edition. They're pretty uh, pretty awesome. So thanks. I appreciate it, Wadi. Thank you.
5: Thank you, Sam. Thank you, guys.
0: Yeah, take care, man. Bye-bye. Well, after the break, who do we got, Mark? We have Dom and Trevor going to talk about Gunsmithing
2: School and a gun show that they're putting on in in a few weeks.
0: Listen to Total Country Bob FM anytime, anywhere, online at mybobcountry.com. We all know there are a lot of hard water fans out there, and you'd ice fish every day if you could. Sam here. I prefer sunshine, 70 degrees, sight fishing for panfish, or trolling for walleyes. And if you're like me, it's not too early to plan your trip for the opener to Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Wait a second. There's no opener on devils. Walleye season is open 12 months a year, 24 hours a day. You can keep five a day, 10 in possession, and there's no slot limit. Devil's Lake, a fisherman's paradise. Check out DevilsLakeND.com.
2: Mark here for my favorite power sports dealer, Power Lodge. Why do I love Power Lodge? They just donated a loaded CFMoto Sea force 600 ATV as the grand prize for this year's Minnesota-bound crappie contest on Lake Minnetonka May 7th to benefit fishing for life. How cool is that? You can check out the grand prize or other models in the new lineup of CFMoto ATVs at the Power Lodge in Ramsey or Onamia. Work smarter and play harder with CFMoto. Plenty in stock and ready to ride.
1: Call Dezeal Heating and AC when you need dependable, affordable, and professional furnace repair at your West Metro or Wright County home. Dezeal knows the feeling when your furnace goes out during a cold winter day. If you have a unit that's ready to roll over, Dezeal's team of licensed and certified HVAC technicians are here to help. Dezeal's trucks are stocked to repair any furnace system and can get your house warm and cozy again. Suspect a problem? Call the top dog today before your furnace goes out. They will come running to your rescue before it is too late. DezealHVAC.com. <laughs> You know, I had so much fun watching Ryder, a 12-year-old, pulling three 28-inch-plus walleyes last year at Ballard's Resort. I have to go back. Jeff Jones here from the No Repeat Workday, and we are doing the Summer Walleye Connection again July 3rd through the 6th. And I want you to come join me, but you got to make your deposit before April 1st. Call 218-634-1849 or go to MyBobCountry.com for more info and to sign up. Three nights lodging, two days guided fishing, and that includes all your meals, rods, reels, bait, tackle. you got to come with me to Ballard's Resort on Lake of the Woods this summer
2: and we're back with the four outdoorsmen on this beautiful sunday night you just heard the great michael waddell from bone collector with some great tips if you happen to miss those and you're a turkey hunter listen to our podcast the four outdoorsmen on spotify or podbean Or anything like that, because those were those were tips acquired over
1: 30 years. And we're gonna let the music on roll on. (laughs) Well, we're uh, trying to get Dominic online. We do have uh, Trevor on, but uh, Dominic, it's going straight to his voicemail. So I don't know if you want to. uh, Okay, Trevor, you there, buddy? Trevor's.
4: Yes, sir.
2: All right. Well, it's it's all you for now. We're trying to get Dom on the phone. So you are a man for this interview. How are you this evening? I'm
4: doing how are you
2: I'm doing great so our buddy Chris Keeler contacted me and said that I have to get a hold of you guys to learn more about uh, your program uh, gunsmithing are you you both currently students in the gunsmithing program uh, yes yes sir. sir awesome are you guys so that is in Pine College where where is Pine College that's north somewhere right
4: uh, yeah it's up in Pine County uh, it's actually located in Pine City. So it's just off just off thirty five.
2: Very good. Are you guys both locals or did you travel to go to gunsmithing school?
4: Uh, we both traveled. Uh, Dom, my patriot is from Great Cloud Island down by the cities, and I'm actually from North Central Wisconsin.
2: We're in North Central Wisconsin. I'm a Ascani as well.
4: Uh, Price County.
2: Oh okay. A little bit farther north than me. Well, so you both, what made you both, and you can take turns, what made you decide to go to gunsmithing school? That's something, by the way, that I'm very jealous of, and if I um, could do things over, I wouldn't be a sales rube. I would probably do something like that. What made you both decide to go to gunsmithing school?
4: Well, I've always, I've always been interested in firearms my entire life, and I just kind of thought that it was the only thing I could ever do because I couldn't be a cowboy. <laughs> any marks. You can't make money doing that, so I just decided that I was going to be a gunsmith. Actually, if you are interested in being a part of the program, we are going to be offering, pretty soon here, we're going to be offering a class that goes for eight weeks. It'll be one weeknight, and then you'll also be able to come in on Saturday that week for eight weeks, and you'll be able to get uh, a technical certification that'll just kind of be a touch-up and kind of help you get used to and familiar with guns and how they work and
2: that's a lot awesome. Of that's cool. Different
4: technical things.
2: And that's open to the public. You don't have to be a student there or
4: anything? Nope, that's open to the public. You can just apply to go there. Could that's... you be
0: like in your early 40s or <laughs> Yeah, for
4: sure. We we got a, we got some guys in the program that are in their 60s.
2: That that's a great idea and and kudos <laughs> for the school to have a program like that, because it is intimidating for old guys like me to think about going back to school, but that could be actually uh, very, very useful. So thanks for that info. How do, do people just call the school or how would you sign up for that?
4: Uh, you can contact Chris Keeler at the school Okay. at uh, Chris Keeler at pine.edu. Very good. Or you can just call the school and ask for Chris Keeler and he'll hook you and they'll hook you up to get to all of them.
2: That's very awesome. So there's a couple aspects to us having you on. Um, you guys are having a gun show, is that correct? Can you tell us more about the gun show coming up?
4: Uh, yeah, uh, the gun show is uh, been going on for 39... Oh, Dom, you're going to go? Oh, you go ahead, sir. All right. The gun show has been going on for 39 years up here at Pine City at the, at the college. We hold it on campus. It's uh, pretty much campus-wide. We hold normally somewhere between 100 and 200 vendors and it's as, as it's been unstopped for the last 39 years so it's happened every year for the last 39 years we're just trying to grow it because before it was uh the faction that ran it was the outdoors or, or the shooters association mm-hmm. that was changed in a little bit of uh policy and so now we're the outdoors clubs so now we're trying to grow it not only from a gunsmithing show and a gun show as a outdoor show, so we're hoping to get some boat manufacturers, some uh, fishing guys, a whole bunch of other outdoors guys, people who sell ATVs and UTVs. Mm -hmm. We're really trying to grow the show within the next couple of years.
2: That's fantastic. What are the dates on that show, and how do people get tickets?
4: Uh, April 9th and 10th.
2: All right, so that's coming up April 9th and 10th, and that's at the college itself? Yes, sir. Well, I can tell you my college did not have a gun show, so I'm a little <laughs> bit jealous um, for real. that you guys go to a school that's open to that kind of thing. And uh, what a great idea. What a great program. Does that raise money for the school, or uh, is Chris just getting rich off all the all the booth sales?
4: <laughs> um, the money from the tables goes to scholarships and things for future students um, that they apply for. And then we also go to um, paying for our... Uh, club members, work that go, and stuff like that.
2: Well, that's awesome. Well, I want to thank you guys both for coming on. Uh, We're going to have to let you go pretty soon, but check it out. Where do people go for more information on the school itself and the gun show? Do they go to your uh, college website, or how can they find out more information?
4: Yeah, you can go to uh, pine.edu for more information on the college and the programs they offer. Or you can give the college a call and uh, ask with our program administrators and advisors, and they'd be happy to sit down and talk to you about what we offer and what we can do for you.
2: Well, thank you both very much. We're going to get you or both of you back on again to talk actual guns sometime because that's something that Sam and I love to chat about. So uh, we appreciate you guys, and thank you uh, for, for being a part of the industry, and we wish you the best. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll find a job for you when you're out of school.
4: Sure, appreciate it. Thank you much for having us on. All right, thanks a lot.
0: Yep, that's cool. I love that. Uh, you know, it's still a good program going on. You you hate to see like an art, it is an art, like, yeah, to go um away. I know Almond's down in Faribault, I know those guys really, really well, and they have like apprenticeships and stuff. I mean, those guys have been Mm -hmm. 30, 35, 40 years of uh gunsmiths now, their kids are doing it, and it's it's so cool to see. So, I'm sure they've. Hired some guys out of Pine Tech, so
2: yeah, fantastic job, good opportunity. Um, and you know, I just I want to encourage more young men in high school to go into the trades. Yes, because preach. Um, for a long time, we were told you have to go to, to a four year college and get in debt, but there's a lot of great jobs out there and great programs, whether it be something like gunsmithing or yep. HVAC or plumbing or something yeah. like that. There's just so much. Opportunity there for someone to learn a trade, and and a lot of these things um, are overlooked sometimes, and I hope that more students go into that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, and even if they don't want to go to the technical college, I mean, look at getting into apprenticeship. You know, yeah. make some money while you're doing it. You're not going to make as much money, but there's nothing wrong with taking doing a four year apprenticeship. I wish that there was apprenticeships in sales. I've always had this passion, <laughs> <Yeah>. being like. <laughs> You should do like create like a three or four year apprenticeship with sales, you know, start them out smaller, work them into the big dogs. I think you'd get a lot more guys than these wet behind the ear guys coming out of college with a sales and marketing degree. So that's right. We have
2: one more quick shout out here, uh, and then we'll get back to Dale. Uh, Tony Lippett says, Would love to hear Michael Waddell's perspective on YouTube hunters and the push for public land access through the Midwest in western states love michael huge fan very enthusiastic we'll have to follow up on that tony thanks for writing in i also want to give a shout out to our sponsor power lodge who is donating Sea force a 600 sportsman atv for this year's minnesota bound crappie contest may 7th at lord fletcher's you can win that by registering any size crappie there's a mystery weight and thank you very much
0: power lodge you mean crappie Crappy. Yeah, that's
2: awesome. The crappy contest. I'm going to start calling it that. Minnesota-bound crappy contest.
0: Real quick, I got to shout out uh, my sister-in-law, Rachel. Uh, It's her birthday today. We're at the Mall of America, so happy birthday, uh, Rachel. So let's talk some wood ducks, eh? Yeah, let's
2: talk wood ducks. We're with Dale Eggert. Of course, there's the Minnesota Sports Collectibles Show at Medina Entertainment Center next Sunday from 9 to 2. Um, make sure you check that out. It's a wonderful show. We'll let you, um, talk about that at the end of the show, but let's talk wood ducks. Now you set me up with wood duck house last year. I put it together wrong. I put the, uh, little fencing part on the outside. Cause I'm like, how are they going to get into this thing? And that was incredibly stupid when you really think about it. Um, no, the fence is for the babies to crawl out of the thing. They're all sitting in there jumping up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. How do they get in? Well, their mother flies in and lays eggs. I'm an yeah. idiot. <laughs> <laughs>
3: when when Mark called last year after he got the wood duck house kit, uh, I. It's a good thing he couldn't see me la- rolling yeah. on the floor yeah, laughing awesome. when he. he ask the question but i got i've been managing and building wood duck houses for almost 35 years i took over some in scott county when i lived on a lake down there that had been put up almost 50 years ago by the shop class of prior lake high school and i had my dream job before i retired i worked for the minnesota waterfall association they went out of they disbanded i started making wood duck houses and offering them to people and I've been doing that for it's it's a pastime. I got mm-hmm. a wood shop. I can get a lumber, and I love talking about wood ducks. And um, now is the time to get out. And if you've got wood duck houses out there, get them cleaned out. Make sure they're all ready. Put some fresh bedding in them. If you don't have one, get one built and put it up because. Wood ducks are returning right now. Um, I've only seen drakes around the past week or so, but the hens are right behind. They'll be checking out nesting structures here over the next 25 to 30 days and start laying eggs probably in early May in our vicinity up here. And we'll start seeing baby wood ducks probably the end of May, first part of June. Um we're talking wood ducks, but there's other species that also use those wood ducks, uh, structures out there. Hooded mergansers, um, Buffalo heads and golden eyes. And so further North in Minnesota, those other last two ducks. And if you got golden eyes coming in, we got to make the hole a little bigger than the three and a half inch hole that I normally put in them. About four inch hole is up there. But, and I love to make them out of cedar, uh, red cedar. Um, it doesn't wear out. I've got houses that I built 32 years ago, and the only piece I replaced is the rough once on a few wow, of them. Wow, that's cool. They weather really well. Um, I don't like the new style that some people have out there made of plastic. Yeah, they get too warm, even in our climate up here. End of May, we can have 80, 85 de- uh, degree days. That poor hen's sitting on eggs in there; she's cooking. So, yeah. a wooden house. Keeps the temperature down, and that's why we like the wood. That if you're looking for information on be- building the wood duck houses or wanting to know where to put them, a good website is thewoodducksociety.org. Um, it's a group of us that have been around for a lot of years. We're all volunteers, kind of, and we all are passionate wood duck people. And uh, it was that group has been based in Minnesota here for almost 50 years. Hmm. And the plan that uh, is out there, um, Don Helmicki was one of the original people that came up with that and part of the Wood Duck Society. And Don's plan has been the go-to wood duck house plan for 50, almost 50 years. So,
0: Why wood ducks? What got you into that?
3: You know, growing up in Wisconsin where I did uh, in the late 60s, early 70s when I started hunting, it was rare to see a drake wood duck and the first duck that i remember killing uh duck hunting was a drake wood duck and that's been my passion ever since so now i love to duck hunt i love to turkey hunt i love to hunt for collectibles out there that's that's my deal and that but you know i can do this type of thing all year long it's not just a 60 day duck season or uh seven day turkey season out there i can be helping ducks or that type of thing and uh, so um
2: one quick question we have a couple minutes here what is the most expensive uh decoy out there is there like uh you know lou gehrig of (laughs) decoys what what is the what is the creme de la creme what's the black diamond what's the black diamond (laughs) decoy out there
3: um there was a duck decoy sold at auction some time ago, uh, like eight or ten years ago, I think at least, and it sold for over $600,000. Oh, wow. One wooden decoy from a Why? gentleman on the East Coast. Um, I can't tell you too much about it. I've never seen it other than pictures. Um, I I went to an auction, a decoy auction once and looked at a mason decoy uh, from mason decoys in Detroit, Michigan and the... A hundred years ago is when they put these out. I held this decoy, and the next day in the auction, it sold for $32,000. Wow. And it wow. was like, man, it's a good thing I didn't drop that. Yesterday. <laughs> 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 but, you know, and fishing lures and fishing yeah. reels are all the same. There's big dollars that are paid for mint condition perfect examples that have never been used um, that type of thing and some of those items may be at the show next week on sunday at the medina entertainment center Um, i i can remember in 2018 there was a guy that had a four thousand dollar fishing lure on his table wow
0: that's crazy (laughs) yeah wow well we appreciate you coming in this week, uh, Dale. Um, listeners and those two lucky winners that won some tickets for next week, uh, check it out at the Medina Entertainment Center um, from 9 to 2 next Sunday. Um, we got yeah. a minute left. Let's wrap it up here. Um, thanks for Mike Waddell. Thanks, Dom and Trevor. Again, Dale, we appreciate you coming in. Uh, meanwhile, everyone have a good week. And my buddy Mark has something to say Get outside and make some memories.